to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. This podcast is from the evening Ash Wednesday service. Hope you enjoy it. Good evening and welcome to our Ash Wednesday service. To open this reflective service and begin our Lenten journey, we start with a reading from Max Ehrman, Deza Derada. Go placidly amid the noise and haste and remember what peace there may be in silence. As far as possible, without surrender, be on good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly and clearly and listen to others. Even the dull and the ignorant, they too have their story. Avoid loud and aggressive persons. They are vexations to the spirit. If you compare yourself with others, you may become vain and bitter. For always there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself. Enjoy your achievements as well as your plans. Keep interested in your own career, however humble. It is a real possession in the changing fortunes of time. Exercise caution in your business affairs, for the world is full of trickery. But let this not blind you to what virtue there is. Many persons strive for high ideals, and everywhere life is full of heroism. Be yourself, especially do not feign affection. Neither be cynical about love, for in the face of all aridity and disenchantment, it is as perennial as the grass. Take kindly the counsel of the years, gracefully surrendering the things of youth. Nurture strength of spirit to shield you in sudden misfortune. But do not distress yourself with dark imaginings. Many fears are born of fatigue and loneliness. Beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself. You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. And whether or not it's clear to you, no doubt, the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive him to be. And whatever your labors and aspirations in the noisy confusion of life, keep peace with your soul. With all, with all of his sham, drudgery, and broken dreams, it is still a beautiful world. Be cheerful. Strive to be happy.
Remember by Joy Harjo. Remember the sky that you were born under. Know each of the star's stories. Remember the moon. Know who she is. Remember the sun's birth at dawn. That is the strongest point in time. Remember sundown and the giving away tonight. Remember your birth, how your mother struggled to give you form and breath. You are evidence of her life and her mother's and hers. Remember your father. He is your life also. Remember the earth whose skin you are, red earth, black earth, yellow earth, white earth, brown earth. We are earth. Remember the plants, trees, animal life, who all have their tribes, their families, their histories too. Talk to them, listen to them. They are alive poems. Remember the wind, remember her voice. She knows the origin of this universe. Remember, you are all people and all people are you. Remember, you are this universe and this universe is you. Remember, all is in motion, is growing, is you. Remember, language comes from this. Remember the dance language is that life is. Remember. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the 
Blessing the Dust by Jan Richardson. All those days you felt like dust, like dirt, as all, if all you had to do was turn your face toward the wind and be scattered to the four corners. Or swept away by the smallest breath, as unsubstantial, did you not know what the Holy One can do with dust? This is the day we freely say we are scorched. This is the hour we are marked by what has made it through the burning. This is the moment we ask for the blessing that lives within the ancient ashes, that makes its home inside the soil of this sacred earth. So let us be marked not for sorrow, and let us be marked not for shame, let us be marked not for false humility or for thinking we are less than we are, but for claiming what God can do within the dust, within the dirt, within the stuff of which the world is made, and the stars that blaze in our bones, and the galaxies that spiral inside the smudge we bear. Ash Wednesday, what a special service. And today I get to um, just briefly introduce to you something that's, again, very unique when we look at Ash Wednesday from a little bit of a different perspective. And probably you will realize that after this introduction of what Ash Wednesday is about through a lens of unity, that we have been building up to this over the past few weeks. All the talk about Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3, the creation stories, it's all connected because we are connected. 
And so I want to start with some latent facts. Some would say fun facts. Some would say, oh, no, that's not fun facts. <clears throat> From the literal to the metaphysical, the word Lent or lengthen comes from the old English word lengthen, which means to lengthen. And it's to actually invite spring into our lives, to recognize that, well, obviously our days are lengthening. And that's where Lent is coming from, or lengthen is coming from. The, the uh, tradition was established very early on in a common era 325 with the, by the Council of Nicaea. And um, so it's a, it's a fairly old tradition. And first, it was only 36 days long, and then 40 days. And the 40 days, by the way, is always without the Sundays. Okay. So the Sundays that are in between till Easter um, or Good Friday, <laughs> they're not counted. And then the 40 days, though, are a reference to the 40 years that the Israelite, Israelites were kind of lost in the desert, those who escaped Egypt with Moses or led by Moses, and then eventually ended up after 40 years in the Promised Land, right? And it also references uh, to the 40 days that Jesus spent in the desert. Now, metaphysically, 40 is very meaningful because it shows up quite a bit. Elijah spent 40 days in the desert. There's other occasions where you have the number 40 integrated. And metaphysically, it means, guess what? As long as it takes, right? So the 40 years of the Israelites, the 40 years that Jesus spent in the desert, it's not really about uh, the 40 days. It's not really about the length of time. It's about as long as it takes for us to go from one place into the other. And that's what we're doing today. We're entering a special season. And even though we are so driven by time nowadays, and we have these markers, Palm Sunday coming up, we have Good Friday and then Easter Sunday, we have these markers that remind us of our divinity. It really is a symbol of however long it takes for us, which could be a good or a bad thing, don't you think? Right? Some of us who like to rush things, it may be good for us to slow down, and others who like to procrastinate, um, as long as it takes, may be 40 years instead of 40 days. So, <clears throat> so then let's talk about the 40 days in the desert for a moment the temptation of Christ. And I specifically write temptation of Christ because it's not about Jesus the person. It's about the temptation of the consciousness that Jesus represented, which is the same consciousness that we all inherit. In essence, we are all becoming just like Jesus in our own way because we inherit that same divinity, same consciousness, and those temptations are important. So, pop quiz. Don't you love it? Ash Wednesday and pop quiz. We're, this is supposed to be a meditative service, and here we have a pop quiz. How many temptations were there? Nine. 
as many as <laughs> you wish. Seven? Three. Three temptations. Do I want to quiz you which ones there were? Sure. Okay. So what were they? All right, let's, the first one, according to Luke, uh, was to turn stone into bread. The second one, to throw himself down from the pinnacle, himself being Jesus, right? And remember, he was tempted by the devil, which we understand a little bit differently. It's our own temptation of our own limitations that's going on. And then to worship the devil to reign over all the kingdoms, that was the last temptation. And so, how are we supposed to understand these? Well, there's scripture that connects to those temptations. With turning stone into bread, it's in Luke, uh, one does not live by bread alone. And if we remember from our previous Sundays, um, I explained what bread means. Uh, bread means substance out of which everything comes into existence. It's the body of Christ the way we see it in unity. It's the breaking the bread, breaking the potential that we have, sharing the potential that we have with each other so we learn to be more of who and what we are. The second one connects to do not put the Lord your God to the test. That was the test. You'll throw yourself down, you'll be fine. Well, be careful, right? It's kind of like that metaphysical malpractice that we talked about before, right? Oh, yeah, sure, let me just rack up my credit cards and buy anything I can because I am prosperous until the credit card company connects, right? So it doesn't work that way. And then the third one um, is connected to worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. And as you probably remember, that in traditional interpretation, more literal interpretation of the Bible, what we find is a duality between God and the devil. And often in real life, what we hear on TV or from others is often we give so much power to the devil, almost as much power as we give to God, because we then say, well, God is always good and the devil is always bad, which is not at all how we see it. There can only be one presence and one power. Therefore, the devil does not exist other than how we bring it into existence. Okay? So that's why we hold on to worship Lord your God, worship the divinity and our connection to each other, that oneness to everything, and only that, and then acknowledge that Yes, there are things that look evil, that look like the devil, and so on, but those are just limited expressions of the same thing. So then it goes to, well, how do we conquer those temptations? What to do during Lent is the question here. And there is a traditional way of approaching Lent, and probably most of you have been taught that. Traditionally, what do we do? Abstaining from the pleasures of the flesh. I mean, be honest, how many of you have already decided, I'm going to abstain from something from the next 40 days? 
A few, right? Why? Because that's what we were taught to do. That's how many of us um, in, in the Christian um, environment have been taught to do, and it's also common to do abstinence in other traditions, such as Buddhism and Hinduism and so on. Well, how, don't, how then do we um, look at it? Huh? It's not working. Need some help? There you go. Abstaining? There you go. How does unity look at it? And to, to find a little bit out about that is to look at the word abstinence from a metaphysical perspective. And, and Charles Fillmore wrote, our co-founder wrote in the revealing word, uh, abstinence from error thoughts to the end that we may meditate upon spiritual truths and incorporate them into our consciousness of oneness with the Father. It's the abstinence of error thinking, the abstinence of limiting ourselves. It has more to do with our internal than necessarily with the external. It's not that we cannot help the internal with the external. So abstaining from chocolate or uh, um, pudding or, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, you know, maybe carrots or something. I would love to abstain from carrots. You know, may help you internally. But then what, what does it actually all mean? So traditionally means coming from a place of feeling remorse and experience sincere regret. That's why it's often also called, the, the, um, the actual ritual is called a imposition, right? So traditionally speaking. So feeling remorse and experience regret is, is surrounded by the abstaining from. But then in unity, it's really a turning from a belief in sin and error to a belief in God and righteousness, a reversal of mind and heart in the direction of the all good. Simply speaking, a turning from a belief in sin and error to what is actually true. Stop beating ourselves up and then um, focus on what is true. So tonight's rituals, or tonight's ritual, it's only one. Oof, I was. For a moment, I thought I had to do more. No, it's the only one. <clears throat> I wouldn't be prepared for that. <laughs> Let's look at the symbols, right? What are the symbols that are connected to what we're just about to do? There's three of them. One is the traditional cross. The other one is this, a circle that you might be familiar from other traditions, but especially in unity. And the third one is the combination of both. Well, what do they mean? The first one, the cross traditionally, is the imposition of ashes. And here is where it connects to what I've been talking about for the past few weeks, to Genesis 3.19, which is the verse that often is seen as a punishment by God to Adam and Eve, a punishment. And you might remember that we turned the original sin and the punishment into what? The original blessing. blessing. Thank you. You are learning. That is so good. <laughs> um, so the original blessing, and, but this is the traditional way of looking at it. 
from Genesis 3.19, all about to do with the ground and with the dust, and to shall dust, you shall return, and we need to be remorseful, and that's where we need to go, and we are such bad people, and that's where we belong, and all that. And we all learned a little bit more about dust. Uh, so then the traditional imposition, which is really what the priest is saying from the Catholic tradition, the traditional imposition then is as the priest puts the cross on the congregant's forehead, he would say, remember that dust you are, and to dust you shall return. That's how he connects to that verse. But it comes from the perspective that for the next 40 days, remember, you have been kicked out of the paradise. And you, you are dust, and you will be dust again. More like with the finger like this, right? <laughs> so unity, <clears throat> which is the circle, we just claimed the circle. It's much prettier, isn't it? Um, unity, um, instead of imposition, I would say it's the blessing of ashes. It's blessing. And, and when you look at the same verse, and when you think of blessing, and to dust you shall return, if you remember, all the different stories from the mystical traditions, humanity was created out of dust. But before humanity create, was created, what was humanity? It was spirit. And yes, we return to dust, but we turn even further to that. We return to spirit. And that's symbolized with the circle. The circle also symbolizes oneness because we believe that life doesn't end with our humanity. Life may end as one form, but then may begin again as another form of whatever we believe, but it's about returning. So then unity is not so much an imposition of ashes, but a blessing of awakening, where, and this will happen tonight, um, in just a minute, where we will all line up here, and I have the ashes already prepared, and this year, for the first time ever, we actually burned the ashes, I burned the palm leaves from last year, from last Palm Sunday, and we created the ashes for tonight's ritual in a little, very simple, but sacred ceremony. So I will have this, it will come down here, we'll line up, maybe twos and or yeah, probably one is easier. And then I will say, as I put this symbol, the cross and the circle on your forehead, because in unity we believe, remember, we're both 100% human and 100% divine. We're not denying the tradition. We're not wanting to run away from it. We want to embrace it, but we want to remember that we're also divine. And so I will say, remember the dust of your humanity, and to spirit you shall return. And then you are welcome to a response with amen, which is, just means, and so it is. Or if you're not comfortable with amen, uh, just say, and so it is. And if you don't want to say anything, that's fine, right? So that's what's going to happen. And that's all, all there is to it, right? So what we're going to do now, and I'm going to ask our um, 
worship team, which is the platform chair and our musicians to line up first. Those who want to participate, by the way, it's not mandatory. So if you don't want uh, your, uh, something that is um, on your forehead tonight, then just simply don't line up. And then um, I will ask that we lower the lights a little bit because we have a beautiful candles here. And then once uh, Larissa is done, maybe, maybe some music would be nice. Unless you want something, probably not. There you go. And I will actually come here. There you go. So, and we're just doing this very quietly together. And then everyone else just lines up behind our worship team. And I'll just keep going until we're done. And then we have a little bit of a meditation before we move on. Remember the dust of the humanity.
So let us take now a few minutes in meditation. Just give us a moment to remember who and what we are. Remember the dust and the spirit. Remember that we are 100% human and 100% divine. Now let us breathe that in and think for a moment the journey that is ahead of us. A journey of awakening, a journey of remembering. A journey that leads us over the next 40 days, or however long it takes. We're entering a time where we choose to remove ourselves for a moment and enter the desert. The desert symbolizes a place where we find solace. Not to be alone, but to reflect. The next few weeks are about reflecting. Not on our errors not on our limitations, not on our regrets, but on who and what we truly are, our beauty, our excellence, a unique and wonderful expression of God, of nature, the universe, or any name that we might give to what we may see as absolute and infinite, undefinable, to that we return. So our journey through the desert is to remember that. We will also travel, travel in mind along the axis of the cross of our humanity. The cross as a symbol of the Garden of Eden, the four rivers that are coming from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south.
and in the center, those rivers meet. And so we will meet with our humanity back in the Garden of Eden. back in the kingdom of God, back in the Holy Land. So as we journey toward Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday, we remember the triumphant entry of Christ into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. A symbol of peace, a symbol of us to finally come to peace at the end of our journey, at the crossing of the rivers, at the Holy Land. And then we'll go through a transformation, an evolution, a metamorphosis, allowing ourselves to grow and to be kinder and more graceful and better and whatever comes to mind. until that day when we are strong enough and courageous enough to crucify and let go and forgive the things that we have already known for a long time do no longer serve us. To finally resurrect ourselves into more of who and what we are. That is Lent, Lenten, lengthen, lengthening of our journey, the soul journey of consciousness, the awakening and enlightenment of our true being, being. So as we leave tonight, as we conclude tonight's service, remember that you deserve this. Whether you're here in person or joined us online, you deserve this. You deserve to be more deserve to be great, deserve to be admired. So we give thanks to our willingness to take this journey on, to the strength that we will gather to continue throughout the desert and the grace that we give each other to support each other along the way.
we give thanks for tonight, the opportunity for all of us to share this ritual together. We give thanks to who and what we truly are, and so it is. Amen. Release by Marie Starr. Unglue your tongue, talk to the wind, talk to trees, talk to streams flowing over pebbles, talk to single blades of grass, talk to me, say anything, say everything, say nothing at all. Just turn your head toward the sound of sunlight, rest your eyes on the dance of leaves, breathe. Inhale hope in tiny particles. Exhale fear invisibly. Let it go the way of words. Falling at your feet. Petals of promise forming. Paths of purpose. Paths of peace. Release. If you would like to contribute to what we're doing and what we're about, you can do so right now as our ushers come around. We know that many of you already give online, so feel free to place your hand over the basket to bless our offerings. If you would like to give today, 
feel free to do so in any way you choose. Let us bless our offerings and our community together. Divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. I am grateful.
Thank you for joining us for this special Ash Wednesday service. Before we sing our last song this evening, I want to share this poem by Barbara Crooker. Listen, I want to tell you something. This morning is bright after all the steady rain and every iris, peony, rose opens its mouth rejoicing. I want to say, wake up, open your eyes. There's a snow-covered road ahead, a field of blankness, a sheet of paper, an empty screen. Even the smallest insects are singing, vibrating their entire bodies, tiny violins of longing and desire. We were made for song. I can't tell you what prayer is, but I can take the breath of the meadow into my mouth and I can release it for the leaves green need. I want to tell you, your life is a blue coal, a slice of orange in the mouth, cut hay in the nostrils. The Cardinals red song dances in your blood. Look, every month the moon blossoms into a peony, then shrinks to a sliver of garlic, and then it blooms again. Please rise to sing our closing song, Breathe Through Me, followed by the prayer for protection.
the light of God surrounds us. I am the light of God. The love of God enfolds us. I am the love of God. The power of God protects us. I am the power of God. The presence of God watches over us. I am the presence of God. Wherever we are, God is, and I am. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast of the Ash Wednesday service. Remember, you can always go back on unityfortworth.org and find podcasts of all the services, as well as find out everything that's going on at Unity Fort Worth.